0: Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. My name is Mark Arlapage, and you are listening to Entre Architect Podcast, where each week I speak with inspiring, passionate people who share their knowledge and expertise, all to help you build a better business as a small firm entrepreneur architect. Bob Habian, welcome to Entre Architect Podcast.
1: Well, hello, Mark. Great to be here.
0: Uh, It's great to have you here, my friend. Uh, Let me introduce you to anyone who may not know who you are. Uh, Bob is an entrepreneur and an architect, or perhaps more accurately described as a puzzle builder and a licensed problem solver. His career path includes chapters of conventional and unconventional work with extensive experience in traditional architectural practice, building product manufacturing and technology development. You'll typically find him deep in the middle of the work, getting his hands as dirty as needed, all in an effort to clean up the way architects and manufacturers do business together. Bob is the co-founder and CEO of Tech App Incorporated, a company that is spearheading positive change in the building industry. Bob, I love what you're doing at TACT and I am looking forward to having this conversation. Uh, I really do believe that you are building a platform that will change the way we practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really interested in and looking forward to, to introducing tech to our audience here today. But before we do that, yeah, I wanna know more about you before we start talking about TACT. I wanna understand where you've come from, how you got here, So go back as far as you want to go back, uh, share how you discovered your passion for architecture and who or what inspired you to get started and share that journey to where we are today. You bet.
1: Well, thanks again for the opportunity. I'm excited to connect with your audience and uh, as a fellow practitioner myself. So, uh, you know, my origin story, if you will, professionally um, started in college. I was studying psychology and you know a very general uh uh, degree and i was approaching graduation not sure what i would do with it and so i happened upon a career book and really started flipping through any career under the sun came across architect and it just the pages lit up i was Mm -hmm. like this is me you know the all of the descriptions in that book and i wish i knew the name of the book but i said let me look into that and at the time i had a high grade point average you know, just about graduating. And I applied to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo and got rejected, right? Because I'm a fourth year student trying to transfer and I have zero design coursework or anything related. So went to community college, reapplied after a year at a junior college and got accepted. And part of that journey at Cal Poly was that I was introduced to the then student director of the AIA California Council. And at the time that position was appointed and I ended up getting appointed what that meant was I represented all the design schools in California to the AIA California council board. I attended quarterly meetings. made up the board was about 90 directors from throughout the state of California, all practicing architects. And I was exposed as a student to a high level of dysfunction. And I was intrigued by it because it's like, wow. An
0: introduction deep, to the profession. If you will, <laughs> a,
1: a proper introduction, a fully informed introduction. And I was stumped by that level of dysfunction and I started asking, like, so what are we doing about it? And I kept hearing that the problems are so big, there's not much we can do about it. Mm. We need to just kind of accept it. So, you know, if everyone recalls coming into the profession, you're wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, optimistic. and am like, let's go do this. And my peers are telling me like, oh, yeah, we already are laying down and rolling over. It's too big yeah. for us to solve. I couldn't get that out of my head. So blessing or curse, that seed was planted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it just never left and it, it's grown. And that's been the center of my work throughout my career. So in trying to understand where this dysfunction was coming from, I had to just ask a lot of questions of a lot of people. And the more I asked, the less I found answers, right? Simple question, who's in charge of the building industry? Is it the president of the United States? Is it a contractor, a bank? Who is it? Nobody. That led me to this idea that, you know, I think we're all puzzle pieces in a puzzle. And nobody's in charge of the puzzle. So for me, that opportunity, if you will, set the course for my next steps, which included traditional practice pursuit. So I got a job out of school, worked nine months, 70 hours a week, got laid off with the rest of it. The- Started another at another firm two days later, worked hard for a year and a half, got laid off with everyone else. So in 1993, I was like, I'm going on my own. At least then I know at least what I don't have or do have. So self-employed since 93 is part of my story. Another part is that a design competition in school, the night before it was due, I entered a design competition to design a house using a new product out of Austria. I didn't know about it previously, but as a result of winning the the competition, then building that house, I became somewhat of an expert and I watched that manufacturer come from newly introduced to the U S they went public and then they went bankrupt yet they were successful around the world for 40 years in other markets. that was another huge impact on my career path, which was, wait, that was a much better product than alternatives, but why are they failing so quickly in the US? Simple summary there was they make things. They don't know how to educate the whole market. They're a manufacturer of things. Next step beyond that was, well, maybe other manufacturers are in the same predicament, right? They make great products, but how would anyone know about their products, but for them helping to educate us? And I found that to be a significant weakness across manufacturers. So my career path ultimately has included stints as a traditional architect, small firm, partnering on bigger things, understanding that finance, insurance, land acquisition, development, manufacturing, distribution, those are all pieces in this puzzle. And I just wanted to know more about all of them because I really wanted to solve the big issue of why are we so dysfunctional? And to put a bow on that experience essentially, what those roles informed me to understand over time was that early project decisions are the most important because of the ripple effect. If I make good decisions early, I have a better outcome. If I make bad decisions early, I'm chasing my tail throughout the process. Secondly, most of our decisions as design professionals early on are relatively under-informed because are just too many products to know about, too much information and too little time. But that there are indeed experts in every product on that manufacturing side. So ultimately I went back and I bought 40% of that company that did the design competition that I won back in college. I then opened a business years later with 300 manufacturers as clients. Um, And most recently I served eight years as a concrete block rep for one of the biggest concrete block manufacturers in the Western US. And then about three years ago, deemed myself ready to really seriously solve this. And so I took all of that collective experience launched tact and that's what we're doing today.
0: It it listening to your origin story uh, it is like your entire professional career has been building to this moment with I would with agree. Tact. Yep. That that each step of the way there was another ingredient, another sign that this needed to be fixed and all these pieces all these seeds were being planted along the way and now it it has it has grown to the point where okay now is the time right i've done all this work all these different things kept happening this is a dream from a long time ago that i want to make this change and now is the time right now yeah. is the moment um i i personally i have i you and i have very similar stories um very similar similar um motivations and and desires to make change in the profession which is why you and I get along so well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and so uh let's talk about tect because it is it is um sort of the 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 fruit of all the seeds you've been planting yeah. um explain what tect is it's tech, tect t e c t like the end of architect t e c t Yep. Um Explain what tech is and and how uh, how it's going to impact our profession So
1: before I give you that specific answer,
0: let yeah. me add one yeah. other layer of context, and that okay. is
1: the more I understood about the problem, the more I appreciated the fact that we don't need better products, we don't need better people. we don't need anything other than realigning what we already have mm-hmm. okay yes, yep. and that at the heart of this is a really sticky topic called change, right? Yes. Yep. And so while tech is a technology platform solution, the most important objective we have is to address the factors, the human factors of change. Okay. And for context, I believe that what we already know is fixable might take three lifetimes to fully realize because of the human factors of change. You know, Evan Troxel says there are two things that, that architects are about. One, they don't like the way it is, and they don't like change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's basic human factor. So for context, I had to really force myself to understand what could be achieved in what remains of my lifetime. And so as a premise, we want to build a solid foundation for future generations to build on because this will be a multi-generational and in fact, multi-lifetime, I believe, process. So bringing it back to the most basic next first steps is critical, but guess what? For it to be meaningful, it also has to add value today, right? So I'm not on a three lifetime venture that looks just like a foundation today. I'm solving a big problem that's actionable today, but is also yet just the beginning. So what's tech? Tech is the shortest path from keyword to product expert. And what I mean by that is that every project we do has hundreds of products. Every product has multiple manufacturers. And that when it comes to product selection, design professionals, which is interior design, landscape, architects, engineers, across all disciplines, we make product decisions. And to make those, the current resources, manufacturer websites, product directories, continuing education content, They focus on the products, okay? So we were taught we're going to have to learn about those products in order to make informed product decisions. Well, I know now, having been on the manufacturing side and and having become an expert in, say, concrete masonry, which I am now through experience, there's just way too much for any of us to learn about any product. So the shift is not to focus on the product, because if I'm given a website with robust information on a product category, I frankly don't know what I don't know. So I'll spend more time trying to make sense of the product data than I should. And particularly for small firms, time is our most valuable asset. So Tech focuses on the fact that the manufacturing community already has product experts there to help us, and they're available to us at no cost. What's been missing is the piece of infrastructure that would make it easy for us to find those experts by product category and by location of our product. So that's the fundamental problem that we're solving
0: with. So you're shifting from products to people. Yep. Yeah. Um and architects you you had mentioned that architects when they start looking for products that they could spend a lot of time sort of diving into the details and getting down you know going down these rabbit holes. Um and and that is certainly one one uh option that architects have. The other option is that they use the thing that they've always used. Right. There's, there's those two things. They either just do it the way they've always done it and they never look for the innovative solution or they go looking for the innovative solution. And it takes forever because there's Mm -hmm. just way too much information. Like you said, you don't know what you don't know. So you just keep going and going and going and often just get stuck. And then you go back to the thing that you know, because you know that you're confident with that product that you've already used at one time. So by shifting from the product side to the people side, and my understanding of what you're describing is that once you connect with an expert in that subject, somebody who knows what you don't know, um, you can expedite that process. You very quickly say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is the the design detail I'm trying to create, or this is the overall uh, facade design that I'm looking for. What products can I use? What, what type of products can I use? What, what, what are my options, right? That's sort of the, 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 the shift, the change in, in the way that workflow would work. Right.
1: Yes. And the reason that it's just not a light switch we turn on and then everything is fine is that then you have to start asking additional questions like who's curating these experts, where are they coming from? Aren't they the biased sales reps behind the products?
0: Yeah. I'm sure lots of listeners are thinking that. right? And for the most part they are going to connect me to a salesman. Right. Right. And that's,
1: yeah, that's the worst thing we want is for the door to be open to the sales pressure on products we don't even know enough about to know if we want to talk about them yet. And it just it just becomes very messy very quickly. So this isn't a silver bullet yet. The the concept is find the expert. Mm-hmm. But the specific goal that we all have as design professionals is let me find a trustworthy product category expert. Okay? And the way that differs from a biased, suspicious, product-centric sales rep is that in addition to them knowing about their specific component, we have questions about what to do with that component. Like, how do we integrate that with other components into a system? Who are the competitors in that component space? Because we just need to know in order to make an informed decision, particularly on public projects where we need listed options. And so who is that source? Do we have consultants in every product category for that? No, I can speak more to that as well, but primarily every product category has these experts, but they're not behaving in the way that's best for both of us in large part, because if we call this two communities on either side of a fence to to create somewhat of a negative context, but demand side or design professional supply side are the manufacturers. And producers of the products we don't know enough about how each side works that's part of the you know the the context that makes this challenging so most manufacturers do not understand project delivery they don't understand when we're looking for a preliminary cost estimate conceptual design or early dd how that differs from you know bid stage for instance or when we're asking about a product at concept stage i'm not asking about the specs on that product i'm talking about Like, what's the all-in cost? I don't know, plus or minus 100%. Just like, give me some ballpark numbers to work with on cost. But suffice it that manufacturers don't understand how we work. And for the most part, we don't understand how they work. Anything we might want from a manufacturer, they're only making those products that have adequate current demand. But that does not define their full capability of manufacturing. They're just not in the business of speculating products to then see if we like them. So Actually, most manufacturers are capable of designing custom things for us. But the only reason they're custom is that nobody has ever asked for them, but it's within their full capability. Yeah. So like how many of us even knew that? Good example is concrete block. I asked architects for eight years, how many shapes of concrete block do you think we make? The company is called Baselite Concrete Product. Guess what the answer to that is. How many shapes of concrete block do you think for concrete product? Standard, standard shapes. Just a total number. Quick, quick, quick guess. A dozen. Yeah, 400. <laughs> How many concrete mix designs, meaning different ingredients in the concrete mix, different percentages, different ingredients. Yeah. How many mix designs do you think we can make for those?
0: Probably another dozen, two dozen. Exactly, 4,000. Yeah.
1: 4,000 mix designs <laughs> into 400 shapes. And we think 8, eight sixteen gray block.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly.
1: Imagine what we're missing together here, right? Yeah. So, in concept there's a lot of opportunity here
0: that's un- untapped. And there's a, it, and it's a very as you as you described, this is a very complicated problem mm. to solve, right? It is. It's a puzzle, right? And you're building the building the puzzle here. Well, let's take a quick break to say thank you to our sponsors for their support of this episode. This episode is brought to you by Freshbooks. There's a lot to love about being an entrepreneur architect, right? But trying to figure out our financials on our own is not one of those things. Luckily, we have FreshBooks, the all-in-one accounting solution that's built for business owners like us. FreshBooks takes all the not-so-fun parts of running a business, from building and tracking invoices, to managing online payments, to organizing expenses, and automates them with features like the digital bills and receipt scanner, saving you up to 11 hours a week in the process. It's also super easy to get up and running. And the award-winning FreshBooks support team, they are always available to answer any questions along the way. Compare that to some of the other financial management tools out there. Try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. No credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com architect to get started today. That's freshbooks.com architect. So what will you do with 11 more hours each week? This episode is brought to you by Arcat.com. We all have that one story, that one project that had such a unique situation that it required a solution that you had rarely considered before. We share these stories in private professional circles with our friends and our colleagues, But there has never been a collection of these stories of conflict and triumph all in one place until now. Detailed is a podcast series that features architects, engineers, builders and manufacturers who share their insights and expertise as they highlight some of the most complex, interesting and oddball building conditions that they have ever encountered and the ingenuity it took to solve them. Join host Sharice Lakeside, aka CSI Kraken, a senior specifications writer at RDH Building Science as she uncovers lessons learned to help you navigate similar challenges that may arise in your next project. Detailed, an original podcast by ARCAT. Listen and subscribe right now at arcat.com slash podcast. That's arcat.com slash podcast, A-R-C-A-T, dot com slash podcast. Detailed. Every building has a story. Please visit our sponsors today and thank them. Thank them for supporting you, the Entrez Architect community. How do you, because we're focused on people, Mm -hmm. right right now the industry is, there's products out there, there's a sales team that is trying to convince architects right. to buy their, spec their products so, yep. so, the, so the contractors will buy their products, right? Yep. And so it's a mindset of convincing, right? Of, yeah. of persuading someone to purchase. Sales. Yeah, I think
1: persuading right. is a better average word, right? For yeah. the experience that we all have most of the time.
0: It's, it's a sales process. So how do you yeah. go from a sales process, which has been generations deep, yeah. to, to a new way, where those same people who are trained as salespeople are now going to be non-biased product experts that will that will that we can access through tech how do how how does that process work um and i know you have an answer to that how does that how do we get there right yeah and you know i can give a short answer and i can give context
1: so the context is not unlike any other agreement that's being sought between disparate parties. Okay. An efficient process would be one in which there was more listening than talking, where there was a goal to understand the needs and offer from each side first, because that doesn't happen often enough, right? If an, if a sales rep finds out about a project, they just want to call us and try to get into the spec. That's right. a pretty one-way conversation. They're not listening much They're kind of late stage, trying to shove a or equal into the process We don't have time to even understand why they called us or what are the implications of that late stage change. Like it's just ill-timed all the way around. And so the first part of a better process to make that change happen is to call it out for what it is. And the AIA actually at a national level has done a series of studies since 2016 called the architect's journey to Specification." It was a fantastic effort to better understand this space specifically. Manufacturers and design professionals. what's going on? And they really dug into that. Demographics, right? The age of the architects asking the questions, the, the regions of the country, the size of the manufacturer, all of this. And what we found was that there was a fundamental misalignment. Those manufacturers that were trying to, quote, sell their stuff through us, were having a hard time reaching decision makers. Okay. That was their experience. But what AIA understood and discovered or uncovered about their members is that 87% of the architects surveyed want help from manufacturers at every stage of our program. However, two out of three of us aren't willing to go down that path because it's just too difficult to find the right person to get the help from. So I just have to put a stop on the whole conversation to go think about that for a second. Manufacturers would love to be our advisors, particularly early on, right? We want them on our team early on. Right, right, for sure. But for every one architect that has a good experience finding some help, there's two more that were looking but gave up trying because it was too difficult. So that underscores this misalignment. So baseline is that there is a real opportunity to do better together because we both are properly intended. We're just not operating well. So now we need to clean the slate, impart the fundamentals of each side so that they have a better understanding of who they're dealing with. That's step one. So we've created the Tech Academy. It's a six-part online course to help manufacturers and their sales reps learn how to become product category experts, trustworthy product category experts. The curriculum for that is coming from design professionals who told us things they really don't feel comfortable telling manufacturers directly. And then we've just made really good organizational sense of that message to them. And one of the most important messages I can tell a manufacturer is if you want to create more sales, then stop selling to architects. Yeah. Serve to sell. That's it. Serve. Right. And for architects, we haven't built that course yet, but I, I do believe it's coming. Courses for architects to understand how to, once again, trust that supply side. Like how do we trust them when there's no reason to or it hasn't been our experience? Who do we go to to find the expert? Is it an association, a product rep, a, a peer that has more experience with that than the rep, perhaps? But suffice it that we need to change the way we behave as architects as well. We need to consider being more open to trustworthy supply side. So this is a process. And so if we go out first and cultivate that community of early adopter manufacturers that are ready to change, that see the value in serving architects better because they now understand more. And we gather those manufacturers into a strong community of folks that have great products, great expertise, and can really help us. And they understand how they need to change their behavior to serve us. Then bringing that community to architects, I think, is the basis for architects to begin to trust that these manufacturers have made a first move. So that's our model. We're first bringing those manufacturers together and then bringing that platform plus community of solution provider experts, product category experts to the table for our, so so, that's part of the process.
0: So bringing manufacturers to the platform, um, providing the training and the education, uh, the recognition that there is a mutual benefit to change from both sides. Right, that's that's a big mission of what you're trying to accomplish at Tech, mm-hmm. is to is to shift the way we do it. Right, both the architect side and the the manufacturer side, and for them to all recognize that there's a benefit to both of us to shift the the way we're doing it. Right, lose the sales process and come into this expert uh, advisor process and sell more product by doing so. Imagine as an architect, you listening. Imagine as an architect creating your project and having an entire, you know, team of experts advising you all along the way up oh, roof time. Let's talk to Bob on tech, right? Or let's talk to Jim on tech, or let's talk to Sally on tech for all these different pieces of putting together your building, you know, through an app that's super easy to use and, you know, interactive and part of your daily workflow, right? That's sort of the vision. What, what is sort of, Look at this built out in five years right I know this is a multi like you said this is a multi-generational process so let's look at it in five years. What does tech look like in five years from the architect's perspective right I, we're we're talking to small firm architects, sole practitioners who now imagine that tech is part of their daily workflow. What does that workflow look like and how does tech work in in that process? The short answer is much uh, related to what
1: you just said and that is that we, in practice would have a almost unlimited pool of experts to invite to our conversation early in the project cycle to just help us make more informed decisions whatever our questions may be and to really focus on those experts rather than the products first so to your point if i have a roof question i want to talk to a trustworthy roof expert about roofing like here's my budget here's my project I might need three different roof solutions for this project I'm doing. And I really want to understand best practices, best category selections in these, in that problem, right? In the roofing problem. So I can go it alone traditionally, or I can know that there's a way I can get no cost support from real experts who are positioned to help that understand that process better than they ever have. And that by getting those, questions answered early. I'm now going to have not their brainwashing. I'm now going to have better information with which I can make as a licensed professional informed product. So my goal as a design professional is to realize my design intent. And what tech is offering is the ability to increase our level of information and understanding. So a few words that matter the difference between information knowledge and wisdom we really would love to infuse our projects and our process with wisdom and that that goes beyond product data that goes beyond experience that's wisdom which means put all that together right it's a rep that tells us you shouldn't use our project our product on your project that might be one of the best forms of wisdom there is
0: yeah a good way to build trust as well
1: And so, how do you serve and increase sales by becoming a trustworthy advisor such that my next five projects are all going to have roofs? And when they when I think about those, I know who I'm going to go to. So that deal flow is kind of baked in the, the stronger our trust is. So today, manufacturers chase projects as opportunities with their products. We're telling them stop it. Why don't you nurture relationships with design? Influencers and for architects, why don't you stop looking for product info and start finding experts? And we know that it's been very difficult. So we built the platform to make that happen. And we don't have to wait five years, it's already built. We spent the yeah. last three years and a few million dollars building that platform by architects for architects with a lot of input, an expert technology team to build it. And that's ready for market. So we're in a great position to take forward steps, and it is coming and we are just signed another contract this morning with a with a large manufacturer because they are coming to the table to make this change happen
0: yeah i love it what can we do what can my audience do our community the entree architect community tens of thousands of small firm architects yep. listening to us right now what can we do to help you build this platform
1: well keep doing what you know best how to do which is be great professionals right we're building this to as seamlessly as possible, just kind of like a gear, just mesh with what you do and how you want to do it. So you don't have to buy into our platform and our standards. We've built the platform to enable you to do you the way you do it. Right. So by us connecting you with experts and then getting out of the way, that's, that's it. We're not forcing a change in behavior. It's, it's no cost to you. Okay. Okay. So two things I would ask for. One is healthy patience. The only patience we're asking right now from architects is give us a chance to fully populate this platform because we've already shared our platform with a number of early adopter architects. There's been a national uh, study on our product by architects across the country, and they basically said, love the platform, but make sure there are enough manufacturers on that to be meaningful when when we use it. So the only patience we're asking for is let us populate this for you so that when we introduce it to you, it's fully ready to connect with the experts. The second more important piece is this. This is not something that Bob and my team, we're going to go do and deliver everything for you and you don't need to even think about it. We're in this together. So think about this. How many product reps do you currently need to deal with? But among those, how many are reps that you would actually refer to a fellow architect? Like This rep is trustworthy, responsive, really knowledgeable, and they help impart wisdom every time. On average, that's less than 10 reps per architect. I think it's even lower. But if it's only 10 and you need help from hundreds, what's your plan? Well, here's our plan for you. If you're willing to share a few names of your vetted preferred experts with us so that we can go court those companies to join the platform, all in, then a hundred architects sharing a few names. That's now a few hundred reps that can be shared by all of you, right? All of us. So the ask would be, are there a few reps that you would really recommend to peers and would want to see on this platform? Additionally, are there companies you would hope to see on this platform that make things that you need more help with? Because we'd love those names as well. We'll do the work. We'll go court them to the platform. But if you know some of the better reps, we'd love to hear about it. So, um, you know, at tech.com, there's a join the launch and other avenues of connection. But I think that would be the most important way architects could actually do something in the interim that's very self-serving, yet is also community-serving to the entire, say, your entire listenership. Because if a few reps are known by a few, collectively,
0: many will have access to many. Yeah. 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 So tech.com t e c t.com. Uh, if you have some great reps, that you trust, send them over to tech to let them know who they are. And uh, and Bob and his team will re- reach out to them. Um, Bob, is there anything else that we should discuss before I ask you the final question that I ask everybody? Is there anything that we forgot? Or do we? Sort yes, of catch everything? Let, right, let me
1: add one other element. Yes. And that is, how do we transfer knowledge? Is it best done through a PDF? Is it best done through an image? Well, for all of time, humans have exchanged knowledge through storytelling around the fire, generation to generation. So because most of our relationships from supply and demand are transactional and they're bound by the project context in which we're talking with that, say, roofing expert, that's just on project specific, right? How would I ever know that that roofer is... You know, has passions that are really cool and interesting and maybe even relevant and and exciting. It's not appropriate for us to like, hey, how's your you know what do you do for hobbies? And tell me more about you? It's like we don't have time on pro- for that. Therefore, how would ever how would we ever even know much about the other party? So storytelling is a piece of the puzzle, And so the people verse podcast is one of our other resources where we just give space for stories to be told by individuals and companies to others so that there's at least a digital capture, just like you've been doing with your podcasts, yeah. where those experiences and stories and unique characters can be captured and digitized and archived. And, and the reason we call it the peopleverse is that we obviously have all heard about the metaverse. There's a lot of artificial, there's a lot of virtual related to the metaverse, but in our industry, as we know, there's a lot of reality. Like you pour that concrete, it's hard to change it. And no, <laughs> yeah. buildings don't levitate in the real world. They might in the, in the metaverse. So we're focused on people. Peopleverse.fm is the shortest path to that podcast. And it's hosted by Evan Troxel, who you know well, from the Troxel podcast yep. and Arcuspeak. Um
0: And Evan's, Evan's
1: part of your team, right? Yes. Part of, Evan, part of tech. Yep. Evan joined us more than a year ago. And he is tech's director of architectural community and director of media. And he's a fantastic professional that if you haven't met him yet or listened to him, you're going to enjoy that. Interesting experience in Chicago a few weeks ago, a number of people walked up to Evan and said, I heard you speaking and I knew I knew you, but I'd never seen your face. Yeah. So I'm sure you get that a lot as well. Yeah. Um, It's a great phenomenon. Yeah. So (laughs) tech.com and people fm is Kind of our, our two sided effort currently. More in the works, a lot more in the works, but uh that's what we want to talk about today.
0: Yeah. Peopleverse dot com, uh peopleverse dot fm. Sorry. Yes. Peopleverse dot fm yeah. uh is video and audio. So however however you like it, right? You can check it out on YouTube or you can subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. Um, all hosted by our friend Evan Troxel, uh over at Troxel Podcast. Um, he's been on the show here too. Actually we talked about, uh, tech when he first joined you guys. So, yeah. so, uh, we can, we can link that episode as well. Um, Bob, before we wrap things up, I want to ask you, this is, this is actually really a great question for you because you've mm-hmm. been leading up to this in your whole life, right? What is one thing that a small firm architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow?
1: Yeah, that is a great question.
0: You know, we're in a pivotal time globally.
1: Where there are a lot more problems than answers. I'll share a quick story. You know, I'm both left and right brain, but I had a lot of experience with a business of mine on Wall Street and then time in Silicon Valley. And I ended up in board meetings with very, very left-brained people, right? You see a lot of that in finance and medicine and a lot of powerful positions. And sitting in these board meetings. I was noticing that they didn't know how to solve the problems they were discussing. They weren't problem solvers. They lacked that creative element that most of us have as architects. And I very quickly was able to listen, understand the context, share a few thoughts. And the whole boardroom would look at me like, who is this genius? And I'm going, that wasn't a genius move. That was just like (laughs) a a simple observation. Don't you all see that? And they were like, no, we couldn't see that until you said it. But once you said it, now we understand. So, I think the most powerful opportunity for any small business architect, designer to understand is that you're really a licensed problem solver. You're a licensed problem solver. You can take on any problem, any budget, any context, any set of consultants, any budget, any schedule, and make better sense of it than most people walking today. Why do we limit that to just the building industry? And why do we limit it to just designing projects new and remodeled? Realize that, and I started doing this, if I lead with the fact that I'm a licensed problem solver, everybody wants to talk to me. Yeah. If I lead with the fact that I'm a licensed architect, most people go, darn it, I wish I can afford you.
0: Or I always wanted to be an architect. Or I always wanted to be
1: an <laughs> architect. But either way, I'm not getting business from them. Right. And they're not excited for me to show up. And it doesn't help my business. So to to identify with the fact that you literally are a legitimately licensed problem solver across most domains, you just haven't experienced that yet, but you're fully qualified. I think that gives us opportunity to really rethink how we practice, how we value our practice. It makes things like tech all the more meaningful because to have a better practice, you need better time management, better value for your time, broader market opportunities, bigger picture problems to solve. And we're it. We are that army of problem solvers, licensed architects and those on their way or those on our teams can change the world. We already are in a small way, but I think the world is waiting. Like the stage is clear for that group oh, yeah. to show I up. I
0: agree with you, Bob. I agree and we're all
1: you. sitting here. Not sure if that's us. And I'm telling you, it is us. It's nobody else. Yep. Accept it, embrace it. And then go do that because you're already qualified to do it that's my advice
0: love it i'm going to leave it right there i I want to go for another hour on that so i i'm going to leave it there introduce yourself next time someone asks you what you do introduce yourself as a licensed problem solver and see what happens it'll be it'll be really interesting to see the response and where that goes bob habian thank you for coming by here and sharing your knowledge uh your website tech.com t-e-c-t like at the end of architect tech.com and go check out Peopleverse and subscribe to all the things over at peopleverse.fm i said .com again didn't i peopleverse. No, you didn't say, you just said peopleverse peopleverse.fm i yeah. uh, go check that out we'll have links to all that on the show notes you can go sure. to the show notes for this episode and we'll have links to all of it um, bob i appreciate you for the work that you're doing i appreciate you for uh making the the commitment because you have made a massive commitment here. This is not a little thing that you're building, um, both financially and time-wise, and your whole career now is, is dedicated to this, uh, building tech and, and what it can become. So I appreciate you for building the platform, for shifting the conversation, uh, for shifting the way the profession will design buildings and solve problems in the future through tech. So I appreciate you for that and, and for sharing your knowledge here today at entre architect podcast.
1: Well, Mark LePage, I got to thank you similarly for the work you've done, the passion that you do it with and you know, the difference between working in the practice or on the profession and you're just solving another problem, right? This is another problem to solve, which is how do we communicate as a community? How do we share knowledge between us as peers to improve our practice? Um, you know, we're just one small piece in that very complex world, and you're really doing something about it, and you've done it for a long time, and the fruits of your labor are obvious, and so that's why we're here. If we're talking and listening right now, yeah, you had a lot to do with that, Mark, so thank you, thank you and, and thanks to everybody involved, because I do believe there's a similar expression for every single one of us, and that we can take off the blinders and go forth confidently and lean on each other when needed. To come back together as a community like we are today and, and just grow together so thank you mark thank you to the listeners and and my peers and uh i look forward to winning together over time Thanks yeah again.
0: i i agree and thank you bob i appreciate those those kind words um, before we wrap up i i i believe that that what you said before that architects can change the world people say that all the time right oh i want to change the world architects literally can change the world and you and I have been saying this for a long time. Everybody who listens to this podcast has heard me say that a hundred hundreds of times, but we literally are, right? And we're each building our own armies, right? To move this thing forward, because like you said, the future, we're going to change the world. And all we need are, are these leaders to sort of rally the troops so we can go spread this, this knowledge that we have and shift and solve so many massive problems we have in the world if we shift from building designer to problem solver, we can make some massive impact in the world. And I I just wanted to say that before we wrapped up. So Bob, thank you for the inspiration and the motivation. Appreciate it. Likewise. Thank you, Mark. If you liked this episode of Entree Architect Podcast, please share a rating, write a review, go write a review. I would love to know what you think of this podcast and it helps other architects find us. So go do five-star rating if you like it. Share, write a review, I'd love it. And share a link to this episode with a friend because that's how we've grown. That's how Entre Architect has grown to serve thousands of architects throughout the world just like you. Thank you to our sponsors, RCAT and FreshBooks for their support of this episode. I ask you to support them because they support us. And if they're supporting us, they're supporting you. So go support them, got it? Go support our sponsors. Links to our sponsors so you can click on those links and go right to them. Links to our sponsors and all the resources we shared today are available at the show notes for this episode at entrearchitect.com slash podcast. All the shows are there, entrearchitect.com slash podcast. Entre Architect is a member of the Gable Media Podcast Network. Gable Media is curated thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. Listen and subscribe to all the shows. I think there are 11 of them there now. Go there gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And I hope you're going to join us in Austin November 1st through November 3rd, 2022. Those are the dates for the Entree Architect Community Annual Meeting. Our first ever live and in-person conference for you. The Small Firm Architect Community. Visit entreearchitect.com slash annual meeting right now to learn more. That's entreearchitect.com slash annual meeting and I will see you in Austin in November. Don't miss this. This is going to be great. Entreearchitect.com slash annual meeting. It's a conference for you, small firm architects. Thank you for listening today to this episode of Entree Architect podcast. Love, learn, and share what you know.